Somebody say praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Ah, oh, Lord God, Lord God, Father, put your word now in our heart and in my mouth, Lord, and by the mercies of the living God that we live this day, that we may find grace in thine eyes, Lord, mercy to help in time of need. Ah, oh, Lord God, Lord God. That's not why he came, my friends. That's not why he came. He didn't come to be a partaker of this present earthly world, not at that time. He is returning for another day when he will set up kingdom upon this earth. But, but it wasn't that day. No, that day came to pay the price for sin, a price only he could pay. A price no other man could pay. A hundred thousand could have been crucified on that hill and it wouldn't have paid the price for your sin, my friend. It had to be the price paid by a spotless lamb. It had to be a blood sacrifice of him that knew no sin. And there was only one that walked this earth and knew no sin. And you know him by the name of Jesus Christ. <coughs> Excuse me. Ah, oh, Lord God, Lord God, Yeshua Hamasiach, King of kings and Lord of lords the God of the Hebrews, the God of the world, the God of the heavens above and the earth beneath. Ah, oh, Lord God, Lord God, King of kings and Lord of lords, even the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Many debate on whether, how they understand Jesus. What I understand it is he is my Lord, that I'm going to stand before him. And if I can make it past my friend, why should I concern myself about things that are above my pay grade? My concern is for the one who laid down his life for me and died and rose again the third day. He said, this power have I received, this commandment have I received from my father. And yet he stood before Thomas and said, I am the living God. Oh, glory, King of kings and Lord of lords, touch us today, Jesus. For there is one Spirit, one God, one God and Father of all, one Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father in grace and truth. Now, my friends, I believe that to be one eternal Spirit made known in different manifestations, perhaps, and perhaps the Son comes forth from the very essence of the Father and has his own being, I know not. I don't understand all that. We're talking things that are way too great for us to understand. But what I do understand is that the way I see God is through the face of Jesus Christ, even through the face of Yeshua HaMashiach. My friend, it didn't come today to set up an earthly kingdom. No, it wasn't the first time God had walked the earth in flesh. Abraham spoke to him whenever he went to destroy Sodom. Ah, oh, glory, and he met him again in Melchizedek when he came back from the, the gathering of the people before Sodom was destroyed. When Abraham went and battled the ones that took all the people away, and he brought them back and brought Lot back, and he met with Melchizedek then, the king of Salem, the king of peace, not knowing father nor mother. Kind of sounds like God incarnate, don't it? having no end of days nor beginning of life, but a high priest forever. Well, I doubt he went anywhere, but it was just a 
Another way the Spirit of God was made known. But when Jesus came, the same God that made Mary was spoken to the womb of Mary. And the child that was born to her also was her creator. Try to figure that one out, my friend. Try to figure that one out. And then you might can figure out the rest of it. But that's not why he came. He didn't come to set up a kingdom on this earth at that time. He came to lay down his life and pay the price for your sin, not his. Ah, oh, Lord God, Lord God, he came to open the door of salvation for all. No, he didn't come to set up an earthly kingdom as we understand, nor to judge things of this present world at that time, nor its wealth. Luke 12 and 14 and 15, Luke chapter 12, 14 and 15, he told the man, he said, I didn't come to be a judge who made me a judge over you. Now he was judge, judge of all. And it's very clear that he would judge every man of his deeds. But what he was telling him, he says, I'm not here to judge you of your money at this time. I'm not here to judge you about these corruptible things that are of this world, not at this time. That's not why I'm here. I'm here about the incorruptible. I'm here to open a door for salvation for all. Ah, oh, glory, King of kings and Lord of lords, touch us now, Jesus. Bless now, Lord, save now, Father. For he didn't come to set up an earthly kingdom as we understand, nor to judge the pres things of this present world. Ah, oh, glory, but he did let us know to beware of all manner of greed. Because in the 15th verse, the 14th verse of Luke chapter 12, that's a heavy chapter, Luke chapter 12. There's a lot of stuff in it, a lot of good stuff. But in the 14th verse, he told him, he says, I didn't come to judge you of your money. In the 15th verse, he told him to beware of all manner of greed, all manner of covetousness. He said, for your life doesn't consist of the things that you own. Ah, oh, Lord God, Lord God. We see this again in John chapter 12, verse 6. Whenever Judas married, the chapter before the verses, a few verses before that, Mary had come in and started washing Jesus' feet and poured the alabaster box on him. And Judas wanted to talk about why didn't this sold and give to the poor, why this waste was made. And Jesus said... Yeah, the poor always with you. But she has come to prepare my body for the burial. And in John chapter 12, verse 6, John let us in on a little deal here, a little secret here. He said, Jesus, what, Judas wasn't concerned about the poor. Judas was a thief. And Judas kept the offering bag and used to help himself to the money that was in it. That's why he wanted that sold and the money put in the bag so that he could put it in his pocket and lie in his pocket. Because Judas was greedy. Judas was covetous. Jesus said, Have not I chosen you twelve, and yet one of you is a devil? Ah, oh, Lord God, Lord God. See, it wasn't just a moment when Judas got mistaken and he went and betrayed Jesus. Judas had walked with Jesus for three years. And the whole time he shows you what Jesus thought of our money. Peter said, Lord, you know all things. And he didn't correct him. He did. He knew all things. So he knew that Judas was a thief. He told him beforehand that Judas would be the one to betray him. He knew Judas was stealing. But he knew Judas wanted the money. 
He let him have what he wanted. He wasn't concerned about it. Kind of shows you what he thinks about the corruptible things of this world. Knowing that Judas was a thief, he made him in charge of the money. That's what he wanted, so that's what he gave him. Eleven wanted eternal life. One wanted the money. Everybody got what they wanted. Ah, oh, Lord God, Lord God. But we see where the money took Judas. He hung himself from a tree and overcome with so much grief. He said he repented himself, but you'd like to think that maybe God forgave him, but that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said it was better for the man that betrayed him that he'd never been born. Ah, oh, Lord God, Lord God, King of kings and Lord of lords, help us now, Jesus. There is a point, my friend, where you can go too far. But I tend to believe that as long as you're walking and breathing, I even pray for the ones that have went on before me because I know all live under God. But there is a place in your heart that you can go that perhaps you can't come back from. I don't know. It appears Judas went there. I don't know. But to walk with the Son of God, the very essence of truth, life standing before him, and to steal from him. To see the miracles. To watch him heal the blinded eye. And to steal from him. Ah, Lord God, Lord God. King of kings and Lord of lords. Oh, Lord of heaven and earth. I don't know that we're any better than Judas. But for some reason... Judas went to a place that he couldn't seem to come back from. Ah, oh, Lord God, Lord God, and we need to be careful. Because the angels left their first estate and went to a place they couldn't come back from. Blessed Redeemer. And we need to take heed lest we also go to that place we can't come back from. I know God can restore you because I've fallen so many times and I've failed so many times. And yet God always seems fit to bring me back again. Why, I don't know. Why he puts up with me, I don't know. Why did he put up with David? Fallen so many times. David did some horrible stuff. And yet God brought him back anyway. And Saul's things in our eyes probably weren't all that bad, but Yet Saul lost out with God. Ah, oh, Lord God, Lord God, I don't understand. I don't know. What I know is that I am a fallible mortal man. And I am a wretched and unrighteous and unholy man. And have my only hope, my only hope in redemption is the precious blood of Jesus Christ. The precious blood of the Lord, the Son of God who loved me. Who came to walk up that hill. He didn't come to set up an earthly kingdom at that time. That's not why he came. He came to open the door that we may have life and it more abundantly. But he wasn't talking about the monetary gain of this world, my friend. And don't get me wrong, I pray for my finances every day. I got bills to pay and I got people to take care of. And it takes gas money to get to work. It takes money to buy food and most of us don't have big enough lands anymore to farm and make our own food. So yes, I pray for my finances every day and God blesses them. I mean, God's able to bless your finances. He is.
But that's not why he came. He didn't come to have a family as some perverse people have tried to say. Tried to claim that he had a wife and children. No, Jesus said that some men are made eunuchs by men. Some men are born eunuchs and some make themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of God. And he said, he that is able to receive it, let him receive it. He was talking about partially about himself because he didn't come to have children of the earthly sense, of the physical sense. His children are you and I and all of us that hear the word of God and keep it. And what did he say? Who is my mother? Who is my sister, my brother? But he that hears the word of God and keeps it. My friends, O Lord of heaven and earth, King of kings and Lord of lords, open our understanding and our hearts and eyes. There's a couple of times in there where Jesus calls us his children also. For he said that all things that were of the Father had been given to him. Ah, oh, Lord God, Lord God. And the Bible never teaches of three separate gods, my friend. However you see this thing. One thing is clear. There is but one God. One God and Father of all. He is made known through Jesus Christ. Who is our Lord and our Judge and who you will stand before, and who bears and holds your life in his hand. So whatever you do, do not forget one thing, that your Lord and your, George, your judge is Yeshua HaMashiach, Lord and Master of all. For the Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. And you, my friend, are one of those things. Doesn't matter if you like it. Doesn't matter if you want it. Doesn't matter. A certain man went into a country to inherit a kingdom. And the subjects of that land, the people of that land, they said, we don't want this man to rule over us. He was made king, however. But he went away for a while and left a few talents for some of his children and some of his servants. And he said, occupy till I come. Now that's talking about us. That's you and I. We are to occupy till he comes. It says, and when he returned, he was made king. That's still on his way, my friend. He's still on his way, and he will return, and he will set up shop right here on this earth. The thousand-year millennial reign in Isaiah 9 and 6, it still hadn't come, my friend. It says, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. Ah, glory. Well, that child's been born and that son's been given him. What did we do with him? We slew him, hung him on a tree for shame. And yet that shame was not shame. That shame was glory. But you can color it any way you want, but it was meant for an offense, my friend. It was not colored beautiful. It was not something lovely. It was something that was hurtful and he knew every stripe that was going to come. He knew every blow he was going to suffer. Many have given their life for others. Many have given their life for good causes. But they didn't really know what they were getting into. But Jesus Christ came to show courage. And that courage, he walked up that hill, my friend. And he knew every blow that he was going to receive. He knew every slap to his face before it came. 
He knew every stripe that was going to come upon his back before it happened. He knew what he was going to suffer. That's why I went to that garden and called on God and called on his Father and called on the eternal spirit. How can there be one eternal spirit and yet different manifestations and actually different personalities? Different. Jesus was man and yet he was God. How all that goes down, I don't know, but it's too clear in the Bible. When he was resurrected, he said, Thomas, come and look at me. He said, put your hand in the, my side. Stick your finger in the holes in my hands. Be not faithless in believing. And what did Thomas say? My Lord and my God. Now every time, even the angel that came back in Revelations to John, when John went to bow before that angel, that angel said, see you do it not. Worship God and God only. For he was of our brethren, he said, of the prophets. Though he was resurrected and he said his eyes were as a flame of fire and his feet as polished brass. <coughs> when John went to bow before him, he said, see you do it not. No creation of God accepts worship. Except the beginning of the creation of God. Even Christ Yeshua, even Jesus, even God himself. Now how all that works, I don't really know. I got a little finite brain. I have a pea brain and I'm trying to handle, get a handle on something that's way past my pay grade. Oh, Lord God. Anybody that really tries to tell you they understand it all perfectly. They're as big a fool as I am. Oh, Lord God, Lord God, because the only one that really understands everything. Paul said we see through a glass darkly, but then shall we know as we are known. That's talking about the next life, my friend, not this one. And I'm not sure you'll know everything in the next life. Oh, Lord God, Lord God, because who has known the mind of God, but we have the mind of Christ. Oh, Lord God, Lord God. For he left the throne of heaven. He that was rich became poor for our sakes. He that was mighty became weak. He that was just came to suffer the punishment of the unjust. He that called the price for sin robed himself in flesh and paid the price for sin. Ah, oh, Lord God, Lord God, and stands at the right hand of the majesty on high. Ah, oh, Lord God, Lord God. The beginning of the Gospel of John, he was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world did not know him. God, my friend. The Apostle Paul wrote that he was worthy of more honor than Moses, because he that built the house was more worthy than the house. Moses was the house, but Jesus was the one that built Moses. Ah, glory. John looked at him and said, He that comes after me was made before, was not made before me. He that comes after me was before me. Ah, oh, Lord God, Lord God. Jesus, Master. So we see that even though Jesus was only born 2,000 years ago, yet his, his life was eternal. His life was before all that. That wasn't when he began. That's when he was spoken into the womb of Mary. But he himself is eternal. 
has been from the beginning. What did he say when he was standing here? He said, return me, Father, to the glory I knew with you before the world was. He said, I will be set down in my throne, in my Father's throne with my Father. Ah, oh, Lord God, Lord God, not a separate throne. But in the eternal spirit, there are one. I don't understand it all. I don't understand how all this works. But what I do know is there is only one God. The Bible is very clear about that. One Lord, Jesus Christ. And it's very clear that we will stand before the seed of Christ and we will be judged before Him. Not another. Ah, oh, Lord God, Lord God. He came to pay the price that only He could pay. It wouldn't have mattered if a thousand more had been on that hill on a thousand different crosses. Good men wouldn't have mattered. Been sad, but it wouldn't have mattered. It wouldn't have paid the price for our sin. He came to pay the price that only He could pay. And that price, my friend, that price, my friend, was your life and mine. It opened the door for the salvation of all mankind. What did he say to the woman before the cross? Before the cross, a woman came to him. Syrophoenician woman by nation, the Bible says. She said, came and she said, Lord, cast the devil out of my daughter. She's vexed with the spirit. He said, woman, I am only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And it's not good to cast the children's bread to their dogs. And the woman, she looked at him and she said, that's true, Lord. But even the dogs eat the crumbs from the children's table. And as though Jesus was just testing her. He looked at her and he said, great is your faith, woman. Go your way. Your daughter is healed. Now had she gotten her feelings hurt and just walked her away with her head hung down, she'd have never received her promise. She'd have never received the blessing. Her daughter had still been vexed by a devil. But because she humbled herself before the Lord, even though he seemed to be hurtful at the time, she wouldn't give up. She wouldn't turn loose. What did Jesus tell us? He said, listen to what the unjust judge saith. The woman came before him and he said, she kept saying, avenge me above my adversaries. And the judge was not a godly man. He wasn't a righteous man. He said, I don't care about her problems, but she's wearing me down with this daily coming to me saying, avenge me. And to get her to leave me alone, I will avenge her and make things right for her. And if an unjust judge would do that, what did Jesus say? He said, petition God daily. Come before the Lord daily. Don't just knock, beat the door down every day. Call on God and let Him know of your petitions. Let Him know of what you need. Let Him know of what you have desire of. And you'll receive it if you petition it. If you petition in faith, unwavering, diligently, then the things that you ask for will come to pass. Especially, especially, if you're asking things are of His will. It does seem that there's a permissible will of God and then the true desire of God. And every time I seem to find myself in the true desire of God, He just seems to open doors for me. 
Now there's permissible will of God. There's things that I want and I ask for and I get them a lot of times. But when I really find myself walking in the Spirit of God, when I really find myself doing what He wants me to do, then I find doors open. I find things happening. I was down trying to visit a friend of mine in the hospital and riding along and couldn't find nowhere to park. Couldn't get that big old van of mine in them parallel parking spaces. I couldn't hardly get in there. It was the time of day it was. I said, Lord, help me. And I looked over there and all of a sudden, just boom. There was a parking spot just right there, just at the very end where I could get that big old van in there. And I just knew it was the Lord because I really was too tired to be out at that time. And I really wasn't wanting to, but I just knew that God wanted me there. It seems like every time I go against what I want and do what I know God wants me to do, he seems to always do little things for me to let me know I made the right choice. And now, my friends, the Lord bless you and keep you, and may the mercies of the living God be with you. And remember, there is one that loves you more than a brother, one who sticks closer to you than your mother or your father. Reach out and touch the Lord, my friends. He's never far from any one of you. And the love of God is, surpasses anything you could ever understand. God's love is tangible, my friend. It's something you can hold on to. It's not this perishable thing that we see in men and women. It's not this thing that we see of a child and his parents. But God's love is eternal. And if you make it, if you make it to that kingdom, my friend, you'll know true love. Love that these little things that we feel and these little emotions that we have are nothing. There is a day coming when you'll know love that you can touch, love that you, that you can't imagine. You just think you know love now. You get to that place where you know the love of God and truth and you really know the love of God. You see bits and pieces of it here and there and every now and then I get a little taste, just a little taste of the good things that are to come. And I just can't help but just hold out for more. Saying, please, Lord, bring it again. Please let me know that again. Please, Lord. Show the love of God again in my heart. May the Lord bless you and keep you. And remember, the only one could pay the price. The only one loves you. There is no other. Buddha can't save you. Muhammad didn't come for you. There was only one. Yeshua Hamasiak. Jesus the Messiah. The Son of God who loved you and laid down his life for you, knowing all things that would come upon him. And yet and still, he laid aside his kingly robe and took upon the walk of a pauper, walked up the hill of Golgotha and laid his life down for you. He said, No man takes my life from me. I have power to lay it down and power to take it up again. And take it up again he did on the third day. My friends, God love you, I love you, and the Lord bless you. May things be well with you today. Live your life as though it were the last day. 
Live your life as though you were going to live forever, because you will if you live it in Him. But don't hold on to the things of this earth. Let those things fall aside. But hold on to the things that are eternal. And call on God that you might know Him. And see past this earthly life into the world that is to be. Lord bless you. I love you. Jesus loves you. Lord bless. Bye.